August 4th, episode 24 of the Teddy Roosevelt Show. A couple major announcements tonight, folks. We are moving the Teddy Roosevelt Show back to a national and international focus like I started doing in the beginning. Got a lot of friends around the country who don't live in Austin. They love the show, but they just aren't into Austin politics. They listen to it. They're sort of curious, but... The main reason I started this and the main target audience was to discuss what was going on in America and around the globe. Now, obviously with the Urban Alchemy and then getting banned from Twitter, it was a big story around here. I felt like I needed to talk about it and cover it. But as I mentioned on this podcast a couple times before, it's been two years. I've lived in Austin off and on for 11 years. Really wasn't politically active at all. I couldn't even tell you who the mayor was the first eight or nine years that I lived here. I really didn't care. Everything was cool. The city was great. I really didn't have any complaints about Austin. That's why I moved here. I loved it. It was clean, safe, friendly. Everything was cool. It's still friendly. It's not safe or clean anymore. But it's been two years. I've put in a lot of time and effort as a citizen um, who cares And I'm just outnumbered here, folks. I mean, they say insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. I just feel like I'm continuing to cover Austin politics and just being outnumbered by Democrats or just people who aren't paying attention is not going to bring me any joy. I really don't know if it's going to make any difference. I've talked to a lot of people about this over the past couple days. A lot of people also want me to keep going, no, Teddy, you're the best, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I have spent hundreds of hours and a lot of time, launched a website, and it's just brought me no joy. There's not a lot of joy. It's it's pretty stressful. I've actually lost some friends who, due to my alter ego, Teddy Roosevelt, who's no longer on Twitter, I was a, for talking about the vaccines and questioning the COVID lockdowns, some of my younger friends said I was a far-right conspiracy person. Not a conspiracy, a far-right-wing person. I'm the furthest thing from far-right-wing. The whole point is I've been doing this for two years, and I just don't see it bringing me any joy. You know, I reached out to some politicians here in Austin. I've reached out to some groups. I was contacted by people, and I said, look, if you want to win elections, you should hire me. I think I could... Look what I'm just doing in my spare time or on a Sunday afternoon. Imagine what I could do if I was doing this for your campaign for 40 hours a week. And it's just it's just it's just not happening. To be quite candid, I I, I don't politicians, it's just weird having discussions with them. It feels like the discussion is always like what can you do for me? And I just don't know if it's sincere. It's just it's just weird. Um, never liked really politics or politicians. I just feel like it's my civic patriotic duty to talk about this stuff where America is right now. So just gotten a lot of feedback from friends who love the show. They aren't in Austin and I don't want to lose a huge chunk of my audience by just focusing on Austin stuff. And the more I thought about it, I don't think I'm going to even cover it. I'm not on Twitter anymore, which was a huge um, way that I had a huge following here in Austin. Probably half my followers were, were Austin. And uh, without that platform, and I've appealed it twice, folks. I've, I've tried to appeal to Twitter. It They've just shut it down. My only choice would be to sue them. And uh, I just feel like I'm outnumbered by the Democrats. Um, if someone wanted to pay me to do it, I would do it. But I just cannot continue to dedicate my free time and energy on Austin-related topics when it seems like an exercise in complete futility. The fact that they knew that there's a nonprofit from California with ex-convicts, with no training, no background checks, with a history of raping or sexually assaulting female campers and homeless campers and plying them with meth. If that doesn't get them to change their minds. I mean, I I just don't know. And I'm just really evaluating if I even want to stay in 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 Austin. Um I 
got an invitation. Some of you guys who followed me on Twitter for a while know that I spent uh, about five months up in Arkansas last year. My buddy's got an off-the-grid compound up in the Ozark Mountains, and he's just trying to build a place that's self-sustainable. With He's right on the river with energy and food and... You, you don't know what's going to happen here with inflation, but he just wants to make sure that he has a place to be. So I went up there last year and lived off the land, lived super cheap, helped him plant a bunch of stuff, graze chickens, and uh, just get his place in order. And he invited me to come up there for the weekend and just sort of clear my mind. I've been in Austin for 200 days, in Texas for 200 days, without really getting out and taking a vacation. Cost of gas was bad. That sort of influenced it. But people who know me personally know I love to travel, love to get out there and explore. And I just need to change the scenery after the last few days. So this is probably going to be... He, he's got really bad... He claims there's new internet up there. Um, so we'll see. I would love to record a couple shows with him. He's one of the most fascinating cats that you'll meet in America but there is a chance this might be the last podcast for a few days. Going to head up there tomorrow, definitely for the weekend. And I'm just trying to think of what I want to do next. I'm definitely going to keep doing the Substack. I'm definitely going to keep doing the podcast. I have uh, just been, just been, I, I really don't see covering Austin and 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 just doing this it's i don't see it bringing me any happiness any joy and the worst feeling is no matter what i do i don't think it's going to make a difference cuz i'm outnumbered by idiots here i mean either people who are going to vote democrat no matter what straight down the line cuz the uh, what abortion or you name it um and then there's just people who just aren't paying attention. There's some people who are totally oblivious to what's going on. They don't care. They just want to focus on their own little world. And people don't realize if we don't wake up and pay attention and speak up now, you're not going to have a choice. There's a quote. I forget how it exactly goes. Like, if you don't pay attention to politics, politics will force you to eventually. Um, sort of like when, you know, there's 30% of America that didn't vote. I think it's 20, 26, 30% of America that didn't vote in the last election. How many people who didn't vote now that they see the price of gas and food and the craziness that's going on with our schools, the COVID lockdown? How many people wish they would have went to the ballot box that day and cast a ballot? So we are going back to national and international on the Teddy Roosevelt show. Um... There is plenty of Austin content out there <laughs> that I've produced. And I know in my heart, I have done more to try and make a difference in Austin than a lot of people here. And I don't own a house or own a business. I'm a renter. I don't own a house or a business here. And uh, maybe the people who do should take the baton and speak up if they're... Maybe everyone's happy with the state of Austin right now. I don't know. If you just moved here from L.A., it's probably super clean and there's no homeless. If you've lived here for 10 or 12 years, it looks dirty just on the highways. There's just litter everywhere and there's crime everywhere. We're going to have 100 homicides. I think when I moved here, there were 13. And it was a huge deal on the news for three days if anyone got killed. Um, city's grown too, by 100,000 people in the last, the county has 100,000 people in the last um, uh, 10 years. So I hope everyone, um, I thank everyone who bared with me, who wasn't with, down with the Austin news or they just, they're, they're not interested, but I really, and for my own personal selfish, selfish interest, um, I'd be limiting the audience of this show. And I really have a lot bigger fish to fry. There's a lot bigger subjects going on. And I feel like I'm limiting myself to Austin. And I seriously think I'd be going stir crazy if I did it again for another year. So I don't even know if I'm going to even touch Austin, Texas times. I'm, I'm not spinning off the podcast. I know I told you guys I was. I don't even know if I'm going to stay here. I just am not feeling it. And uh, I don't think I'm going to renew the website. If anyone wants the domain, 
they want the website, I'd transfer it over to you for free. Really, if you want, if you want it with the domain and the and the theme and everything, I, you know, you could have the the work that I created in the theme, and it's really easy to post stuff. So if you want it, Austin Texas Times, send me an email, TeddyBroseveltUSA at gmail.com. But I'm done with the Austin stuff, folks. I've just been really thinking about it. And we're going on to national stuff. So again, Teddy Roosevelt episode 24. Dragging a little today. But this these are the important days when you've got to do a show. When you're not feeling uh, 100% and all fired up. So what's going on in the world? Um, they declared a public state of... Oh, the Alex Jones trial we should go into first. Um, the Alex Jones trial is seriously... Should be chilling and terrifying to everybody. Even if you hate Alex Jones... Even if you hate Alex Jones, it should be chilling and terrifying what they're doing to him right now. Total show trial, just like the January 6th stuff. If you look at the judge in the case, um, you can Google her name real quick. I don't have it on the top of my head. Maybe I could bring it up here. Um, She is backed by every Democrat in town. District Judge Maya Guerra Gamble is backed by... Every person in town. And here I am talking about Austin again because the trial is in Austin. So if there is national news, international news in Austin, I will still cover it. I'm not banning everything on Austin. I'm just not going into the minute of the week-to-week city council stuff anymore. So District Judge Maya Guerra-Gamble is endorsed by every far-left Marxist person on the Austin City Council. Um a lot of the Democrats who are who are running or are in place. So she's totally compromised. The big question is, and I, I just saw it, I'm still looking at stuff on Twitter. So it turns out who sent it, um, who sent all of his documents, and he's saying it was only six months. The other attorneys are saying they handed him two years of stuff. Well, it turns out Alex Jones's lawyer's paralegal was actually the one who said it. And I started looking at his um you know his his lawyer F Andino Reynal is one of the two lawyers that's defending Alex Jones. Do you know he was appointed by Eric Holder? That's right. He was appointed by Eric Holder to serve as federal prosecutor for the Southern District of Texas. So, do you think Obama and Eric Holder ran a background check? on Adino Renal to make sure that he wasn't some Republican guy. Pretty sure they made sure he was a liberal guy that was going to follow how they wanted the justice system to go. That's one red flag. I really wonder why Alex Jones would hire this guy, and I'm sure there's a lot of lawyers that would refuse to take his case just due to the bad publicity and people trying to cancel him and all the... Nightmare associations, the assumption of guilt or anything that would come from defending him. But again, his lawyer was appointed by Eric Holder to serve as federal prosecutor. That's a position that he held in the Southern District of Texas from 2009 to 2012 for three years. But the interesting I found out thing I, I learned, it was the paralegal for the counsel for the defendants on July 22nd that sent a link the way they made it sound, they, 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 they sent him a link from Dropbox that gave him access to all kinds of files. Drop Whatever the file sharing service was, probably something more secure than Dropbox. But it was a paralegal who sent it. And you just look at all these, the whistleblowers, all these, the young people who just narc on, um, you know, uh, they, they, they just narc on their bosses and they always just try and... Um, uh, you know, subvert uh, the leadership of their organization. So I, my theory personally is this paralegal who worked for Alex Jones' lawyer saw herself as a member of the resistance and I'm going to help take down Alex Jones. It's my uh, obligation because he's friends with Hitler, a.k.a. Trump. So what would be a more noble thing than to send the lawyers all of the docs or all of the files and then lo and behold they want to share them with the January 6th committee so it just seems really super suspicious it it seems like an inside job I mean 
how can you accidentally make that big a mis mistake um, with your client's privileged confidential information? Whoops, I accidentally sent you the link to everything. So my theory, I want to find out who the paralegal is and what their background is because it just sounds too suspicious. And, and just the fact that January 6th people want to hear it or get it. The federal investigators want the data dump from the last two years. It just sounds really suspicious. It's it's just chilling and terrifying what they're doing here. They they awarded them four million bucks today. If you go to CNN right now, there's like the top eight stories are all on Alex Jones. And of course they had a, uh, well now they moved the Trump lawyers are talking with DOJ about the January 6th criminal probe. So this January 6th thing is going to go through the end of, up to the end of October, they've got an October surprise. They're going to spring. They're, the media is going to try and hype it up from some of these docs. So the jury awarded Alex Jones or awarded the Sandy Hook parents four million bucks to the parents and 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 damages. The punitive damages come tomorrow. Those were the compensatory damages. So the punitive damages come tomorrow. I'm hearing that it's going to be larger. Originally, they asked for $150 million in compensatory. And now there's going to be a separate, shorter trial for punitive. So we have to remember, he never mentioned the parents by name. Um, it, it, it literally, if they used the criteria they're using against Alex Jones for the mainstream media, they'd be in court all the time. And what this is with Steve Bannon, Alex Jones, I'm sure I'm on the quote-unquote list now for defending them. They're just trying to get people to, to be scared into silence. They want to censor you through fear. And it look how it worked with Twitter. I mean, I was getting flagged anytime I mentioned ivermectin or Paxlovid or COVID, the vaccine. It was out of control. I'd have to appeal it. Then they'd reinstate me after a day or two. Oh, sorry, it was a mistake with our AI. You're back. Sorry for the mistake. And then two or three days later, it would happen again. And I'd have to appeal it again. And what that did was made me think twice before I sent a tweet. Or, hey, do I really want to send this out? I might get banned from Twitter. What's more important, my 2,400 followers and those dopamine hits from likes and retweets or my conscious and I was selling myself out really so that's what this is all about is hey if you criticize anything that the government does from COVID to climate change we are going to wreck you we are going to sue you until you're bankrupt you lose your money we might even throw you in jail <clears throat> I mean I, I really think that's the, that's their end game is they want to see Alex Jones and Donald Trump in prison and there's a lot of people who should be on trial right now um there's a lot of people who should be on trial the fact that you can't even question a major event as it's happening and especially if you see something suspicious you cannot say anything don't even think about it or we might arrest you or we might sue you i mean think about this if you saw footage let's just say from uh uh, the 2000 Mules documentary, Dinesh D'Souza, and you saw a person who was dropping off ballots and they have them on camera three, four, five times and you say something about it on a Substack or a podcast and it turns out the guy wasn't doing it or he could sue you saying, I was dropping off other mail or I was working at a nursing home and dropping off ballots, whatever it was, this trial basically says you can't criticize them. You can't make any assumptions. You can't question what's going on in reality. You have to accept whatever the official narrative is. And that's straight out of 1984, folks. I mean, that's that's what this is. This is 1984. So we don't have freedom of speech in America. You can't speak out. Look, look what happens if you do from Roger Stone to Steve Bannon to Alex Jones. 
build a platform you, censor you, and then come after you in a court of law. And that's the scary thing. This is like some Bolshevik action. This is like a right out of the Bolshevik playbook. But they're using the framework, you know, the official framework of the U.S. democracy, the U.S. judicial system to pursue just a Marxist Bolshevik end. I mean, it is so unfair. The judge is totally biased. Um, I mean, Alex Jones has to be freaking out right now. He doesn't know who he can trust. Can he trust his lawyers? The paralegal, he's got to feel like everyone's against him right now. And uh, I don't watch Alex Jones a lot. I really don't. I haven't watched him all summer. Just started paying attention to the trial a couple days ago. And just the more I learned about it, the more shocked and horrified I was. They're acting like he killed somebody. I mean, one of the interesting anecdotes from the trial that I saw was Alex Jones was out there and they're talking with uh, the lawyers from the other team. They're just sort of uh, bullshitting. And then Alex Jones goes, yeah, you'd think I was Adam Lanza. And one of the other side's attorneys for the Sandy Hook parents, they go, who's Adam Lanza? And they just looked at each other like, exactly, exactly. And there is some weird things about Sandy Hook that you should ask some questions about, like the CIA and FBI going to Adam Lanza's home and talking to him, and they said he was thinking about mass shootings, and then they just left and didn't do anything. That's sort of weird. Probably the weirdest thing is the video of one of the parents. This is on YouTube. I'm sure a lot of people have seen it, where he's his uh, son or daughter, one of his child, had just uh, supposedly been killed in Sandy Hook. And he comes out for the press conference just hours after it happens, and he's smiling and laughing and sort of, you know, nonchalantly joking around. And then the camera's about ready to come on, and he's like, three, two, one. Like, he <sighs> takes a deep breath. Just his whole countenance changes. His whole um, demeanor changes. And all of a sudden, he's just like, you know, just, just the weight of everything that happened, you could just see, and he's devastated. That's weird. Um, that is weird. When you're feeling extreme emotions like that to go from, like, joking around in laughter to I'm devastated that my child died, I mean, that's just sort of weird. And the fact that you can't even ask questions about that, and I mean, some people react to tragedy in different ways. Some people... You know, they, they, they will laugh at a funeral or they, they can't control themselves or it, it there's people have weird reactions. It's just part of the human psyche. But that is a real weird one. Your child dies and you're sort of joking and laughing on camera. So I, I think Sandy Hook happened. I don't think it's a conspiracy theory. I really haven't studied too much on it. I really haven't studied too much on it. My whole point is they're saying it's illegal to even question what's going on and if that's the case if that's the blueprint they could put me on trial for questioning covid or paxlovid or the vaccine i mean the information is all out there though we're gonna uh speaking of the vaccines um carl denninger is one of my favorite followers follows on the internet i wish he followed me he is at market-ticker.org again not the prettiest website you've ever seen but he's got some great information. So if you look on the right-hand side, main navigation, it'll say, click here for what the media does not want you to read. And if you click there, he's got a link to the monkeypox um, vaccine data. It's by a company called Geneos, J-Y-N-N-E-O-S. Well, there's a little side effect. Cardiac AESIs were reported to occur in 1.3% of the recipients of the monkeypox vaccine. Cardiac AESIs were reported to occur in 2.1% of the recipients who were smallpox vaccine experienced. Now, smallpox, you have a 30% chance of dying. Monkeypox, from what I understand, not a single person has died. Yet, yeah, not a single person has died. But they're saying you will have a 1% chance if you take the monkeypox vaccine of a major solicited adverse reaction. 
That's a 1 in 100% chance that your heart is permanently damaged with a serious adverse effect. Um, I'm, the AESI means cardiac adverse, adverse events of special interest. So that includes having your troponin I, or I think it's troponin 1, elevated two times above the upper limit of normal. If that happens from what I've read, your heart does get permanent damage. So there were thousands of people who had a cardiac adverse event of special interest. Well, that in the first thing, 95 out of 7,000 people, that's 1.3%. 95 out of 7,000 people had a major, not a major, but a cardiac adverse event of special interest. Any cardiac event is not good. And any heart damage is permanent. And it's going to cause you major problems down the road. So anyone, they're, they're declaring an emergency. They want to give everyone these vaccines. Has anyone in the gay community got the memo that you have a one in 100 chance with this vaccine of having a serious adverse event, but yet no one's died from monkeypox. I mean, I actually saw some crazy left wingers say we should vaccinate college students before they go back with them for monkeypox. I mean, <laughs> folks, no heterosexual person is worried about getting monkeypox. I, the study, the, the, even the World Health Organization says 99% of the cases are something insane are gay unprotected sex it was just pride month in june supposedly it really started at a couple music festivals in spain and then started spreading you don't hear anyone saying hey make sure you use unprotected or you know you use protection if you're going to have sex or better yet don't have you know show a little self-restraint and don't just be a promiscuous whore, if you will, and just have anonymous sex with a million different people. So the main part about that is just the vaccine has even worse side effects than the COVID vaccine. So the fact that they're pushing the vax again and they're not treating the root cause, they all love to talk about the root cause, but no one wants to talk about the root cause about this. In fact, people were saying it was homophobic or whatever just to even mention the main uh, demographics who are getting it and how it's spreading so that that alone probably cost ca caused it to uh to spread so what else is going on dick cheney the biggest warmonger in the history of the world remember he was the only republican to walk onto the floor of congress when they're doing some january 6th thing so now he's in his daughter's ad calling Trump a coward and the biggest threat to our democracy in 246 years. I mean, give me a break. And people are on the left are cheering Dick Cheney. Yeah, way to go. Dick Cheney was, just like his first name says, a war criminal who should spend the rest of his life in military prison. He lied to get us into, the, into a war we had no business getting into. There was no weapons of mass destruction. But guess who got lucrative contracts? Halliburton, the company that he was CEO of. I mean, give me a break. Um, the people on the left, Liz Cheney publicly denounced her gay sister before she got elected in Wyoming. Sounds real liberal, huh? I mean, Dick Cheney was way worse than Trump. Trump said it was stupid for us to get into wars. Dick Cheney was responsible for thousands of people dying. And the fact that the left is cheering him on when he lied, got us into a war, and oh, by the way, a big fossil fuel contract for Halliburton. So I don't know anyone who likes Dick Cheney. I really don't like anyone who, who likes Dick Cheney. The fact that Liz Cheney thinks that her dad is going to swing the election, I mean... They're going to run that ad so many times because they have all those donations, like I said, from California Democrats. And every time they run it, she's going to just piss more people off. I lived in Wyoming for th two months. The windiest, most barren state. Up by Yellowstone, it's awesome. But near the Colorado border, man, you want to talk about some wind? 
that's the windiest. You, you ever see a semi-truck blow over Interstate 80, they literally shut down the highways for days at a time because the wind is so bad that it'll flip over semi-trucks. So just make sure you pack your windbreaker if you ever go to Wyoming. Absolutely gorgeous in the summer. And if you just want to get away from humans, it's a great place to go. But I got out of there before the winter because you got to be a hardy soul who loves freezing cold wind. I mean, it is a dramatic difference when you're driving from Colorado to Wyoming. You know, you pass Fort Collins. As soon as you cross the border, you're about 10 miles from the border. All the trees disappear. It's like the landscape of Tatooine. It's just, there's no trees. It's just brown. There's a lot of dirt. Um, it's not good farming weather, obviously. You don't hear about Wyoming growing anything. Um, they do have a lot of, uh, of, of, of minerals and things like that. They obviously have beautiful landscape up by the Idaho border. But man, it is one of the most foreboding places. Um, <laughs> Laramie, Wyoming. And uh, it's, it's amazing how much the topography changes from Colorado to Wyoming when you go up there. So there's no way Liz Cheney should or could have a chance to win this. Um, the good thing is after she loses August 16th, that's when the primary is, she'll get to spend a lot more time with her warmonger dad. So what else is going on? We've got football tonight. I'm not watching any preseason, but it just shows the summer's almost over. Um, my sports watching has dropped dramatically over the past four or five years. It just sort of seems like watching bread and cir you know, the bread and circuses from Rome, during the fall of Rome, like we have all these other major problems. I feel like almost guilty taking time out. Now, when my team's on, if it's a big game, I'm probably going to watch. But definitely not playing fantasy football. Definitely not sitting there for 10 or 12 hours on a Sunday watching the 1 o'clock, 4 o'clock, and, and Monday night football games all in a row. Watch my fantasy teams and just having a football smorgasbord. It just, I'm just not as into it, folks. Just not as into it. Um, there's major things going on here. So what else? Nancy Pelosi just wants to piss everyone off over um, in the Indo-Pacific. So China's now dropping missiles. I think they dropped five in Japan's waters. Japan wasn't too happy about that. And then she made it unsupervised uh, or unplanned stop, unannounced stop in the uh, South Korea demilitarized zone, the most, you know, guarded border in the world so Kim Jong-un we went from Trump going over to meet with him and shake his hand and try and at least get him um, into the world conversation and make sure he's not going to drop any bombs to Pelosi just sticking their sticking her finger in their eye and people don't realize like with the China thing that the the with Taiwan I mean China if you read about the history of China They've had a lot of civil wars. They've got 1.2 billion people. They've got a lot of provinces. You know, people talk about Mandarin Chinese being the most popular language in the world, most spoken language, and it is. But I read like only one of 20 people in China speaks Mandarin Chinese. That's how varied the dialect is. There's like 19 other languages. And there's been a host of civil wars between the provinces. So Beijing wants to keep everything. I mean, they, the number of security cameras is in the billions. They have over a billion uh, security cameras. So I think I'm paranoid here. They got you on camera. You got a social credit score. If you say anything about the government, they really will disappear you. Here they just uh, take you to court and bankrupt you and humiliate you and make up charges. But in China, they, they, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll disappear you or throw you in jail. So... When China looks at Taiwan, they look at all the history of all these um, conflicts and they don't want Taiwan to separate. So I'm just wondering how we did it peacefully with Hong Kong and how we can't follow that blueprint. But it's just very provocative. Um, it seems really foolhardy when we're sending hundreds of millions, billions, hundreds of billions to Ukraine to fight Russia that now we're going over to stick our finger in China's eye and say, hey, 
Taiwan, we've got your back. We'll send you hundreds of billions of dollars and military aid if China ever does anything. So they're acting like it's 1988 and we have like the strongest economy and the strongest military. Our military has been gutted uh, personnel-wise and morale-wise. There's a lot of people who left. There's a lot of people who aren't signing up because they don't like the way the military is going. I mean, have you heard any of the ads lately? I mean, it's the exact opposite people. They're not they're not they're not serious. I think Tucker had a piece on it the other night. They are recruiting the the least people you would want in a foxhole with you. They want people with mental disorders and anxiety disorders. Yeah, that's what we need someone with anxiety disorder in a war. These people just have had it too easy. They're divorced from reality. They're living in ivory towers in expensive cities and they don't care about us. That's the one thing is with the inflation thing, they really are not taking any steps to make it better. In fact, if you want to get gaslit, just read the quote inflation reduction act and look at all the spending for Green new, green new projects. And it wasn't thought out about well at all. I mean, the $7,000 tax credit for an electric vehicle, which that's a benefit for rich people who can afford an electric car. <sighs> Sorry about that. I got to hire a post-production guy to cut out the yawns. Um, like I said, I'm a little tired here today, but uh, and I got a big drive tomorrow. You got to power through the ones on the tired days. So... I forget what I was even talking about. Um, what well, we went through smallpox. Oh, the uh, Inflation Reduction Act. I mentioned the wind farm. That's a national story, folks. They want to build these wind farms from Maine to North Carolina, Washington, Oregon, California, some of the most beautiful coastline in the world. They want to put these giant wind farms. So they actually had a meeting, the BOEM, Bureau of Ocean Energy Management, with the Louisiana Fish Task Force. And they're asking them, they're like, oh no, you'll still be able to fish in and around the uh, the uh, wind turbines? Well, every single wind farm has said that in Europe and Block Island. And then after they're put up, they're like, nah, we don't think it's a good idea for you to fish there. It's just not, it's, it's, it's not safe. The bigger problem is they tear their nets. And if you tear your net trawling on the bottom of the ocean, it's 10000 bucks in a couple days to fix. And you can imagine with a labor shortage, it might even be longer. So the Bureau of Ocean Energy Management was trying to assuade the fears of the shrimp people. They're like, well, how about the cables coming from 20, you know, I think in, in Louisiana, it's like 52 miles out. And they go, oh, don't worry. We're going to dig a six um, foot deep trench to bury the cables. A six foot deep trench. Do you know how much noise and sound? That's the thing. There is noise pollution. There is when you dig up all the sediment, it turns the the water murky. A six foot deep um, trench. And then you got to lay the pipe that's 50 miles from the wind farm to the ocean. What is that going to do to the sea life underneath? There's all kinds of things that happen if, if the, the water's too murky. Well, plant life can't grow on the bottom of the ocean. Well, if fish rely on feeding on the plants or the things that the fish eat, eat the plants, what's going to happen if all those plants die? Um, I don't know how fast shrimp can move, but how fast do you think they'd want to get away from a loud... <clears throat> They're you know underwater and they're digging this trench for 52 miles. It's probably going to take them months and months. What's that going to do to the 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 fish? As as I think I mentioned before, when they were pile driving the wind turbine, the base of it, they were saying fish could hear it from like a hundred kilometers away. I think that's like 60 or 70 miles. So. The fish could hear it and it's echoing through the water. And then they have sonar and spatial recognition like dolphins and sharks. They're almost like owls. 
And then the birds up above and the bats. I mean, I talked about the 2.1 billion birds flying across the Gulf of Mexico. How many of them are going to take a break on one of the wind turbines or on one of the vessels? Oh, by the way, when these vessels make their thousands of trips over the next five years to scope it out, sea turtles. And, and there's a lot of fish and especially turtles, when they see a vessel coming towards them, they move towards it. And when you got a metal ship-bound vessel hitting a turtle, they're done. So again, this is the ultimate clown world thing to destroy the climate to save the climate. And I really think when you add up all of the diesel fuel to run the turbines, to maintain the turbines, especially in the beginning to survey them for five years and then actually constructing them, and then all these leases are for 33 years. They say they pretty much stop generating power after 15 or 20 years because they degrade by 5%. So a lot, of, a lot of the projects just get abandoned. So I hope, because in Europe they didn't have this clause. They didn't have a clean up and decommission the turbine clause. So right now off the coast of England, the first ones that, 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 that got put up and they are now, you know, they weren't producing enough power to make it worth their while to keep them going. They, uh, they're just out there. They're just out there. So they have to be decommissioned or they're just going to rust and fall into the ocean. The other big concern with the shrimp guys is what about hurricanes? And the Bureau of Energy Management said, oh, don't worry. The wind turbine companies are busy right now coming up with blades that will withstand a Category 5 hurricane. How These blades are almost a football field long. It's like 295. They're way bigger than the, than the onshore ones. The offshore ones are huge. How the hell are you going to prevent that from snapping off in a Category 5 hurricane? Do you know how fast and furious a Category 5 wins? So how, how are you going to be able to do it? What is it going to be made of? If you thought these things were impossible to recycle before... They're really going to be hard to recycle. Well, just had a little interruption back again. Um, just finishing off the thought on the wind turbines. The Bureau of Ocean Management, Energy Management, they're going to lie to the fishermen. They're going to lie to the people who live on the coast. They're going to lie to the people who care about the fish. There's no way, I don't think, they're going to be able to design a blade for a wind turbine that can withstand a Category 5, 150-mile-an-hour wind without snapping off. It's either going to break off right at the base where it spins around, or it's going to break in half. But imagine the damage that's going to do, a 300-foot-long blade coming at the coast. I'm not saying flying in the air. I'm just saying riding on the waves. I mean, if you thought the water was damaging, imagine a couple of these blades that weigh tons. These blades weigh tons. If you happen to be anywhere in or around Galveston and one of these is coming towards you, where are you going to run? And, the, and with the water, it's 300 feet long. I mean, it's taking you out. It's taking you out. So this is the worst idea ever. I know I've talked about it before. I think I've done enough research to write a book on offshore wind turbines the video is in progress, folks. It's probably about 15 minutes long already. And uh, I, I've just had to do a lot of research and footage. What is, I read something like good writers read like for 10 hours for every one hour they write, or maybe it's five hours. When you're making a video, you sort of have to research the topic and figure out what the hell's going on. I had no idea what an offshore wind farm was 10 days ago, two weeks ago. So the more I educate myself the more I am shocked and horrified that we actually have something called the Inflation Reduction Act, which is giving all kinds of tax credits, all kinds of subsidies. There is no way in hell without the subsidies and the tax credits that someone would decide to build one of these turbines out in the ocean because it's just too cost prohibitive and it doesn't generate enough electric and it's done in 20 years. I mean, all these leases, the max is for 33 years. That counts the five years of surveying. So now you're already down to 28 years. How long are they going to take to build? Probably a year 
or two. So now all of a sudden you're down to 24 years. So these things are only gonna last for 24 years. And if you're investing to get oil out of the ground, you're planning on recouping that investment over a few decades and that energy source is way more reliable than intermittent wind. And again, you're, you're just getting gaslight by, gaslit by these people. Um, they want to push it because there's money involved. It's, a, it's greed. This is Democrat politicians giving their Democrat buddies and the clean energy industry free handouts to create energy that's basically worthless. Look at any scientific analysis, you know, uh, objective um, analysis of it. And they'll tell you at best, by the time you take, in, take into account all of the fossil fuels and all the greenhouse gas to even get these things built and then maintain them, dropping the cable back, there's no way it's a positive. It's either a net, it's either a break even as far as the climate goes or it's a negative. I'm telling you, I am almost positive it is a net negative, especially when you consider the time frame. So offshore wind turbines are the worst. What else do we want to go into here, folks? Um, the Alex Jones trial, again, total total joke. They're going to find out what happens tomorrow. Nancy Pelosi, again, just... There was no rhyme or reason for her to go over there right now. She could have done a Zoom call. Instead, it's just aggravating and provoking people who don't like us. I mean, she just provoked China and North Korea. For what? Why did she have to go to the demilitarized zone? It just doesn't look good. And a lot of these countries, like women are second-class citizens. So just the optics for um, Kim Jong-un in North Korea, where women are second-class citizens, to have a woman go over there and taunt them. There's other aspects to it. And... There's little man syndrome. How about little man syndrome? I mean, there's a lot of short people over there. Aren't they a little fired up? Um, <laughs> isn't that... I was looking at what are the shortest countries. It is crazy when you look around like Sri Lanka, that average person's five foot tall. Like the average man is five foot three and the average woman's like four foot ten. But like that when they split it out, it's like... There's like 25 countries out there where that average person is under five and a half feet tall. The average. 25 countries. I was blown away. And the top ones are like the average countries, you know, the average person's five foot two. That's the average. So 50% of the people are shorter than five foot two? I'd feel like Gulliver's Travels going over to Sri Lanka. Everyone be <laughs> elbow height. I'm over six foot. So just that was sort of a weak attempt at lighthearted humor. Um, another scorching day. Uh, they're trying to chalk it up to climate change. Folks, it's the summer. Heat waves happen. As I said on the last episode with the floods, there has been hundreds of years of floods. I think there was one in the Bible. It lasted like for 40 days and 40 nights. It was a big one. You might want to read up on it. But there are tons of natural disasters that have happened way before the industrial revolution way before the model t rolled off the assembly line in 1908 what do they blame those pre-1908 um floods on you can't the weather there's anomalies in the weather again most of the floods happen due to coincidence warm rain on top of a heavy snowpack or just the jet stream stalls above your community that has nothing to do with climate change that's just called living on earth it's sort of a cool thing about earth is the weather's not the same every single day it can switch up you can get rain you can get storms and it is it is that is that is the opposite of science to just say oh well climate change is causing the floods in kentucky so we've got to give a billion dollars it's just more giveaways, folks. It's just more giveaways. So that's about it. Like I said, I'm, you can probably tell I'm a little tired today. Got an eight-hour drive tomorrow, nine hours. And uh, just need to clear my head. I'll try to record a podcast or two, depending on the internet, up in Arkansas. 
Um, I'm just, I just need to clean, clear my head, folks. I'm just, uh, it really, really creeps me out that I've been trying to follow the truth and seek the truth and share the truth about everything that's going on in the world right now. And I was censored and banned for it. I know I beat the whole Twitter ban topic over the head with a baseball bat over the last five episodes, but it's really chilling. Um, and I've, journalism degree so I was doing it from a journalism perspective um never would have imagined that a journalist in America would get banned for telling the truth de-platform for telling the truth and um and then with the urban alchemy the fact that it passed and I'm just looking back on all of the I had 25,000 tweets a lot of them about Austin they're all gone no one can see them I mean I still have the videos but Again, I'm not too devastated. That's why I started the Substack four months ago because I knew it was going to happen. Between now and November 8th, I knew it was going to happen. And uh, so thank God I started this. I really appreciate everyone tuning in. Apologize, I don't have the normal Teddy energy, but I will when I come back for the blockbuster. I can't believe we're already at episode 25. That's a milestone one. Fourth of the way to 100. Um... I'm going to get jump back on the mic whenever I feel like I have something to say. And hopefully that will be this weekend. Definitely not tomorrow. No Teddy show tomorrow. Going to be in the car, maybe Saturday or Sunday. Just got to clear my head, folks, and figure out what I want to do next um, with my energy and time. And like I said, anyone who listens to this show, it is going back to all national, all international. Not doing any more awesome stuff. Really giving it some thought over the last three or four days. I did it, did it for two years. was hoping someone would be smart enough in town to offer me a job if they really wanted to win. But I guess I don't want to win. So that's episode 24 for August 4th. I'll be back with episode 25. It's going to be a blockbuster one-hour show. I hope everyone has a great weekend. I'll be back soon. Bye.